Bear on Bears fans, Tuesday edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, and it looks like Courtney Cronin needs a shave. No, I'm kidding. Jason McKee on the pod with us today. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hey, no. <laughs> I was going to say, I know it's cold outside. Seems like that cold wind might have got to you, a little Vaseline, a little cocoa butter. You're right back in there, J-Mac. No, I kid. Uh, appreciate you guys for showing love, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Big episode today because I think that uh, getting the insight, anytime you get insight from the the player perspective, especially somebody like Jason McKee who's in the locker room with these guys, who is on the sideline with these guys, you really get a, a real viewpoint of kind of what's the big picture with this team. And I think that that's a really good question when you talk about the Justin Fields conversation, the offensive conversation. Also got to talk about some things we're watching for and biggest holiday game memories. I mean, the Bears kind of get, I mean, they kind of, they, they're on the eaves of both holidays coming up now on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So uh, there will be no partying for some of these players in Chicago unless, uh, of course, they go get a dub, which uh, is my hope for the rest of this season. But uh, all that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star review. Y'all know what to do. J Mac was good, my guy. How you feeling, man? Man, feeling all right, man. Trying to battle this cold, man. You know, uh, Old man Winter's trying to take me down, but I'm not going to let him. I ain't having it, man. Got my little, my medicine ball from yeah. Starbucks. If you guys want to see me some gift cards, Starbucks, please do, because these medicine medicine balls are like 10 bucks. Hey, or just Real sponsor the podcast. That's cool. You can just sponsor the podcast, give us yeah, the money, man. and then we spend it at Starbucks. Yeah. But uh, now everything's good, man. Just uh, got a couple of my kids that'll be signing their, their national letters of intent oh, here. Yeah, we got one signing today. We have two more this week. So very proud of those kids. They'll get an opportunity to go on and become student athletes and, and play college football, something that they dreamed about. So yeah. it's just great when you see a kid uh, set foot in your program as a freshman who has aspirations of going to play college ball. And you see the process. You see the maturation of that kid. You know, the coaches, we you know we impart, uh, we're able to develop these kids and help them achieve their goals. So, you know, it's just a great day. So I'm excited about that. No, I absolutely love that. Love to hear that. More people signing. I mean, y'all got kids signing left and right up there, J-Mac. It's almost like you run a good program or something. You know what I mean? But uh, we know one school that they won't be signing at. Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, what, school is that? what school is it? Uh, well, I mean, listen, we're we not going to say the name. We didn't say the name on here. You know what I mean? We didn't put the we didn't want to put the head coach out there, but that coach didn't show up, uh, and he knows who he is. What if he's what if he's like an avid follower of the Bears pod and he remembered like that he didn't show up by listening to the end of that episode? That mess would have been hilarious, though. Uh, but no, I, I do. Here's the thing that I want to start off with. Right. Neo sent us this topic. I thought it was a great topic. Three things that we're watching for in the next three games. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wanted to give my three things because I want you to react to them because me and you have had this conversation on the post-post game show, and I feel like this really goes into one of the major issues that the Bears have. No matter what your problems are, offensively, with the quarterback, you want Justin, you don't want Justin. Here are the three things I'm watching for. Offensively, is there a commitment to the run? Can the Bears do simple, simple? And will there be accountability from our offensive coaches. The reason I say those things is because 
to me, no matter who the next quarterback of this team is, whether it is Justin, I hope it's Justin. Y'all know I, I, I think Justin Fields can be a major player here in Chicago. To me, Luke Getzey has proven that he can't be. To me, Luke Getzey is somebody that, again, why aren't we running the football well? Well, we're trying to do this run-by-committee design that for some reason like, has almost never worked when you have three different running backs in there um, because they don't get enough of an opportunity to get into the game. Yep, We're seeing them on fourth and ones do end-arounds with the smallest dude on the field instead of just going forward. And when asked about these things, they say, well, we like that play call on our play sheet. But we don't like the results that are happening from the play call. Those are my three things that I want to see this Bears team do differently over the next three weeks. What are your thoughts on those? Yeah, first and foremost, let's talk about, uh, would you say, the run game? The first Commitment one. to the run. Commitment yeah, to the and, run. And, you know, we, we talked about this this past uh, Sunday on the pod right after the Cleveland game. And, you know, I was talking about it. It's, it's the fact that, okay, you got three capable running backs, right? But here's the problem, right? With a running back, as you get more carries, you get lathered up. And what I mean by lathered up is you get a feel for the game. You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes the back has to go in there and get hit a few times to get a feel for the game, to start seeing things and start seeing how that D-line's playing, yeah. way you can see different cuts he needs to make, but just to get a feel for the game. So if you got a back going in, if you got Deontay Foreman, you know, going in the first series, he goes in two plays, Killer Herbert comes in, Roshan comes in on third down. It's like they're never getting a feel for the game. It's like they're always coming in cold. So – I think that's tough for a back. I think you have to just go with one guy and give him the bulk of the carries and see what he can do. And, you know, for me right now, just after reviewing the offensive film uh, from this past Sunday, you know, my guy who I felt earned has earned the right to get the bulk of the, bulk of the carries is Rashawn Johnson, right? And it's not because he had the most yards in Cleveland. He had the yeah. most rushing yards, but it's because of, you know, for me, if I was the running back coach, I would say, you know what? Rashawn, you earned it because of the way that you pass protect. Now, was he perfect in pass protection? No. Right. no. But he showed the effort and the willingness to protect. And when he does when he does go in there, like he puts his nose in there and he stamps linebackers. You know what I'm saying? He did a decent job chipping on uh, Miles Garrett and other defensive ends. And yeah. when I go back and I watch the tape and I look at Khalil and Deontay, two great backs that are very capable of pass protecting, right? But they don't always show the want to. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that upsets me because – I, I, I like both of those guys. I really do. They're really talented. But here's the thing. As a back, especially with the way the league views backs in this league, those guys have to realize, right, you're putting this on tape. Yeah. You're putting the lack of effort and pass protection on tape. Now, it's okay to be wrong and to, and to uh, you know, go you'll, you'll go the wrong way sometimes. You'll miss ID who you have in protection. Yeah, that happens. But at the same time, when you're actually going in there, you got to show them want to, the pass protect. And I don't see that from the guy. So it goes back to, hey, you guys want to remain on the team. You guys want to go out there and, and, and hopefully get to another contract. You better be able to pass protect. And I think that's a part of the reason why we've seen Deontay Foreman, you know, go from team to team because, you know, that's been that's been a question mark in terms of his game, his whole career, his pass protection. So yeah. for me, I would like to see Roshan, three things moving forward, I would like to see Roshan get the bulk of the carries because he has shown the ability – to, he has shown the ability to want to pass protect, and he can also get it done. So that that's in terms of the run game. 
uh, schematics, right? That was the next thing you talk about schematics. Bears doing simple, simple. Fourth and one, we're running end arounds. We're yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're giving it to the lightest dude out of it. Tyler Scott, yeah. I, I love Tyler Scott, right? And I hope he becomes a long-term tenured bear here. Really reminds me of Johnny Knox, but easy, easy, easy. He, he's a hundred and it, well, I mean, they they're only I mean, build wise. Let's say build wise, all right? right? Build, build, build wise, build wise reminds me of Johnny Knox. I should say. Um, but I mean, he's, he's what, 175 pounds, if that yeah. is <laughs> my problem with that, Pat. And I know exactly what player you're talking about. It was third and one, right? Third, third and one. one. Yes. Third and one. Yeah. That's week to Tyler Scott. Now I'm giving Getsy credit. I love the formation, right? You go tackle over, right? You put Braxton Jones at the tight end. Uh, I think it's Cole Komet is now the left tackle. You, uh, you tighten down, um, uh, Tyler Scott down because he's running jet yeah. motion. Now. I like that formation. Tackle over, you go unbalanced. Um, now, I would love if he would just turn around and hand that ball off behind Braxton Jones, Darnell Wright, Nate Davis. You know what I'm saying? To get one yard. Now, I get it. You run over in jet, and you hope you can get them around the edge because they've had because that defense has had success on the interior, but it goes back uh, – stopping the run, you know, on the inside. But it goes back to, right, and I talked about this on Sunday, it goes back to, you know, your guys – have to whoop their guy's ass for, for one yard. Yeah. It goes back to our offensive line has to have the identity and the mindset that, hey, we're going to kick your ass for one yard. We're going to displace the line of scrimmage for one yard. Yeah. One yard. You know what I mean? And if we don't have that mindset, what do you – if we can't do that, what are you telling your guys? What are you telling your offense? And, and here's the thing. <clears throat> when you run that to Tyler Scott, you're also telling your backs, I don't trust you to get one yard. I don't trust Deontay Foreman, who's probably 210, yes. 215, to two, get one yard, I'd rather get AJ Mac, AJ Mac, 235. Yeah, exactly. 235 with, with, a, with an unbalanced line. That that's what <laughs> that's what's so confusing. And here's the other thing, right? Here's the other thing that drives me crazy, right? So, like I said, I like the formation. I'm not thrilled about the call, but at the end of the day, the call is the call. Now, right. here's the player side of it. You got to execute, right? You got to execute. Who has a defensive end? Who has Alex Wright, number 91, who runs scot free upfield and blows that play up? I mean, regardless, Tyler Scott didn't have a chance because they let the DN go. Braxton climbs to the second level. Who's blocking the DN? Yeah. Whose job is that? So it, it, it's 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 coaches and players. You know what I mean? It's it's the scheme and it's the players. You know what I mean? Like the players got to execute the call no matter what. Right. Now, if I'm in that huddle, and I don't like the call. It doesn't matter. The call is the call. My job is to execute the damn call. It's yeah. third and one. <clears throat> we have a chance. To, we're on the road. We're in Cleveland playing good football. You know what I mean? Our defense moving the ball well at that point. Yeah, we're, we're, our defense is playing lights out. They can't do anything. We need one drive could have one got one drive would have determined the game. We can't get one yard with an unbalanced front. Yeah, like come on, man, that's that's ridiculous. That that's 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 why we're where we're at right now. That's why and, record, where we're at. And I think right to my last point, right, the it, accountability offensively. When you ask Luke Getzey about these things, right, it, it's it's very similar to. A lot of the things you laid out, we like that call. We like that play call. If all the things go perfectly, this is what happens here. But I can't give you, can we give credit just because you like that play call? That play call didn't work. And we've seen a season long of play calls just like that that haven't worked. Now, there's some that do. Sure. I'm not going to say that every play has been like that. Right. But there are so many of those plays where, I, why can't I just get the right play call on the play call that makes the most sense going forward? Like you said, why can't I get the 
Yeah, play, play, don't do simple, difficult. Why can't I get the right play call on the play call that sends my 6'4 quarterback forward? Yeah, and I got to think where they were on the field. I'm not sure where we were at on I believe we were right at the 50 when we went for that, right? Because. Yeah, I don't know. And it's like, you know, I got to go back and look. Yeah. And look, but, but like you said, it's, it's just, it's one yard. And, and and it's crazy because that one yard haunted us all year. That one damn yard haunted us all year. <laughs> Listen, if Robert Tanya is one more yard downfield, maybe he catches that football. But <laughs> that one I yard killed us I all year. I just feel like right, like I look at a lot of the stuff Luke does, and I can sit there and say this guy knows what he's doing, drawing up schemes. But it's about when you're utilizing those schemes, are you putting the team that you currently have, not the team that you think you should have, the team that you currently have in the best position to make those plays? And I feel like we question that so many times. Even in games we've won, we've questioned decision-making. But then we go, but at the end of the day, we won, so it's all okay. Yeah. I I can guarantee you this, Pat. And, you know, I can guarantee it. I don't know what those guys I, – I, I, <clears throat> they may not have said it publicly, but I can guarantee you this was going through their heads. And I'm not saying I observed this because I was down there, but I can guarantee it was going through their heads. It'd be going through mine, and I'm going to be honest. Right. I was a player. <clears throat> and I know the backs that we had, it'd, it'd be going through our entire – our running back coach. It'd been going through his mind. I'm not going to lie. Third and one, we do that, and guess what? We're coming off like, damn, you're not going to give T. Jones the ball? You're not going to give Adrian Peterson the ball. You're not going to give yeah. Cedric Benson the ball. Or you're not going to let our offensive line come off the ball. Our yeah. running back coach should have been like, damn, you don't trust us to get one yard? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the message that you're that you're continually giving your offense because we saw the same thing last week, right, with DJ Moore. Now, granted, I, DJ Moore is a beast, right? Yeah. But you, you want to run toss with him instead of just – running straight ahead to get one yard. We've seen it already. We've seen this happen over and over again. And it's weird because it feels like there's a lack of trust with the running back room. It, I mean, we're kind of having the same conversation we have about the quarterback right now with the running backs, though. Yeah. It, it seems like there's a lack of trust in them making plays when that lack of trust, to me, comes from you going away from them. Yeah. Right. Like when I look at Justin Fields in the Detroit game, right, maybe in the fourth quarter, there was some lack of trust that randomly comes in the first game around. He throws one pass the entire fourth quarter and it doesn't work out. And everybody's like, what the heck happened? Why are we only throwing the football one time this game? Right. Threw it 40 times. Bad game for Justin Fields. Fine. OK. Very up and down game game. Maybe we should trust our running backs a little bit more. But when you trusted Deontay Foreman because you had no choice but to trust this guy and he's getting 18 carries a game. He goes off for 109 yards, two mm-hmm. touchdowns. When you go six six carries to every person on the field, everybody has to get involved, and we have to love everybody and hold Roshan and 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 Khalil and and Deontay Foreman all together because we love these guys. When you get to that point where you're giving six six five, that's when you see negative six yards per carry because Deontay Foreman can't get going. Khalil Herbert, what do you have, 20, 25 yards, whatever it was, right? Like, you, you, yeah. you've got these guys in a position now where they can't get themselves going. Uh, or Khalil Herbert had – oh, I'm sorry. I, I was completely wrong. I got it flipped. Uh, Khalil yeah, Herbert Roshan had eight yards. Yeah. Roshan had 36, and really all off one big run. 
Yeah, the run they were backed up. He popped on think twenty popped it for like twenty two. Twenty two yards, I believe. So but it's it's just it's a to me it's a lack of trust in one running back being able to do his job. It's a lack of trust. And here's the thing, I would almost get it, right, when people are like, well, they don't trust the offensive line to move forward for one yard. Okay. But you trust them to go sideways and, and have to block down the line to get Tyler Scott open on the edge. Yeah. And and I and I see, you know, the flow of the game too. You're looking at okay. <clears throat> the defensive line was dominating our offensive line. I mean, that's no secret. We all watched yeah. the game. But it get it comes to a point in time where you've got to, you know, you've got to stay committed because, one, it's going to set up play action, something that you want to do with Justin. You know what I mean? And then, you know, ideally, you would like to try to wear those guys down. Slow down that pass rush. Take steam off of that pass rush. How do you do that? Well, to take steam off a good pass rush, you run right at it. You run right at that pass rush. So if you just sit back and you – have a quarterback drop back 40 times in a game in which you know they've got a, a defensive line that can get after a quarterback, well, guess what? I'm putting I'm putting our, our offense in jeopardy. I'm making us vulnerable because something that we don't want to do against a team that's got an elite pass rusher and that can get a lot of pressure on a quarterback is drop back my quarterback 40 times who's not a quarterback that, that'll sit in the pocket and can really beat a team with his arm just strictly from the pocket. That's yeah. not his game. So when I look at the game plan, right, going into this game, I question that because if you would have told me, hey, the game before this game, if that if, if Coach Getsy would have told me the game plan is for you to drop back 40 times against an elite defensive front like the Cleveland Browns have, that's our game plan. That's how we're going to win. I look at you like in the rain, in the rain, in the wind. I look at you like you in the cold. I look at you like you was crazy. Like, what, are you serious? What? Yeah. What are we doing? What? That's what you came up with? They're both. They're, I mean, I, I don't. I don't get it. You know, and I and I understand. Okay, they're missing both starting safeties. You know, you want to take some shots. We did take some shots down the field, but at the same time, you still have to establish the run. The run guys they marry each other. They work hand in hand. And it still goes to player execution, right? At the end of the day, Bobby Tunyon catches one pass. We're not having this conversation. We're talking about a win. Right. Like yeah. there, there's a myriad of play. Justin Fields completes a couple of third down passes down the field that were absolutely wide open. Yeah. We're talking about a completely different game. Right. Like it still goes to players have to execute the plays. My issue is when your scheme exasperates the issues that your team has and you're not accentuating the things that they do positively. I don't, I've seen it. On two teams now, Deontay Foreman's a good downhill runner. If you want to have a game where you want to tire somebody out, you let Deontay Foreman run into him the entire game. Yeah. If you <laughs> if something opens up and you want to ha- run some outside zone run, guess what? Khalil Herbert's pretty good at that. Yeah. But he was good at it when you gave him the football, you know, 15. Now, Khalil Herbert, you've mentioned this a couple of times. I don't know if he's 100% healthy. He don't look like he's got the same yeah. level of speed. Maybe there's something there. Maybe Deontay Foreman's not 100% healthy either. At this point, nobody's 100% healthy, but right, like maybe Deontay Foreman's still dealing with the ankle. Okay, why are we scared to give it to the kid? Why are we scared to give it to Roshan Johnson? Why are we scared to commit to one running back doing something? Because when you saw success, it was one dude and a backup. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that the third dude's feelings get hurt that week. Yep. That's a part of the job. Got to be earned. It's got to be earned, man. And it's it's earned by <clears throat> what you do in its entirety as a player. 
You know, that, that includes all aspects of being a running back. And the main one is pass protection. You know what I'm saying? That's what a lot of these backs are judged upon uh, when they're being evaluated. Does he pass protect? Because it gets to a point where everybody can run the ball. You know what I mean? More, like you said, like yeah. some guys are better running on the inside. Some guys are better running on the perimeter. But the main thing is in a back, I got to know if you can pass protect first. And you know what? I, I ask, I'll ask you this, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to sit here and, and you know, go at Getsy this week and different things like that. And I've, I've been on this for weeks. Y'all can, y'all can check my track record on this. I just, I don't think that he calls a, a smart game consistently enough for me. And if we were looking at our quarterback playing that way, which a lot of people are, we're looking at our running backs doing that, our offensive line doing that, we firing everybody, right? But but it seems like Luke Getzey is kind of hidden under the radar for most of the season. But I will give him credit. They max protected. They knew that they didn't have the dogs up front to stop Miles Garrett and Zedaria Smith trying to get through. How much harder does that make an offensive game plan when you're in max protect because you realize the pressure on the other side is coming, and then on top of that, you lose Tevin in that game? Yeah, it makes it tough because <clears throat> if you're keeping you know, a tight end, if he's chipping and then releasing out into a route, or you're keeping a back end out there to help that – keeping a back end in protection to help that tackle, well, guess what? You lose a viable option in the passing game, right? Yeah. So now, you know, there's there's – Justin Fields doesn't have the amount of guys out there running the routes uh, that he may need. But at the same time, it's you're in max protection, and those guys are still getting beat. And he still doesn't have time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So when when they when when that defense knows that, hey, okay, we've taken away the run, they're not committed to the run, guess what? We can get pressure with four, and we can just drop back in coverage, and we're going to force Justin to beat us, right? Well, guess what? All those windows are smaller because now, like I just said, you're keeping guys in uh, uh, to make sure we protect. And then there's nothing open for Justin down the field. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I just wish I just wish they would have rent. Like, I mean, I know. Right. It seemed like you're banging your head against the wall. We're running the ball. We're not getting nothing. Two yards, one yard, no game. Two yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, it's like or a puddle of water in that game, I guess. But it's it's the simple fact that you know we're going to stay committed to it because I'm gonna that's going to set something up, right? I'm going to set this up. I'm going to run inside zone, and I'm going to pull it, and I'm going to try to take the top off of defense right. throwing that ball deep. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that's why. I mean, I understand, and, and he can use all his his formations that he likes to do. You know what I mean? Whether formationally, whether you shift or or uh, you shift your formation to try to gain a numbers advantage to one side of that defense or you motion to try to gain a numbers advantage to that side of defense or you go unbalanced like you did on a Tyler Scott jet sweep to gain an advantage numbers on that defense, right? Do what you do, but stay committed to the run. So if we want to try to, you know, establish a run game, maybe we go unbalanced more, you know, and, and run the ball inside with Deontay Foreman, or Roshan Johnson, wherever you want to try to, to try to wear him down or establish the run and to say, you know, what, we know we're, we're going to be committed to this. Because the more you're committed to that run, guess what? <clears throat> those safeties, those backup safeties, they're going to creep down. They're going to be an extra, extra guy in the box because they know you have a numbers advantage. And guess what? Now there's another window or another option for Justin Fields to hit downfield because that run has has brought that defense in tighter to stop the run. <clears throat> and now we can do something over the top. So it, it, it's just, you know, like I said, just dropping back. I mean, Justin having to put the ball in there 40 times in those yeah. elements, I just don't think that gave us – obviously it didn't. But I just don't think that gave us an opportunity to win, you know. And granted, we were up in the game and we saw the epic fail again in the fourth quarter. You know, offensively, we did nothing. 
We did nothing. And I think that's you got your quarterback dropping back. And it it it's it almost feels like right. I I get the the Justin dropping back right uh 40 times and and completing 19 a bad day. Horrible day for Justin Fields. Like I I I also love the other side of it. Like I, I like on this podcast, I feel like we can keep it objective. It's like I like Justin. I want him to be here. He can have bad games. <laughs> he had a bad game. To me, I hear Darnell Mooney, I hear DJ Moore saying, I just feel like we stopped taking shots after the big play. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the one part where it's like, okay, is that on Justin not throwing it down the field? Or is that on... And I, as, as I watched the tape, it was like, one, of course, they're in max protect. There's not a ton open downfield anyway. But you didn't really see them trying to go deep anymore a ton after Tunyon dropped that pass because it was like... Well, that didn't work, boys. All right, let's pack it in. Let's, you know, let's just get some points yeah, here I mean, and call it. Yeah, the deepest route, I think, after that was uh, DJ Moore ran a nice dig route that Justin hit him over the middle. Yeah. It was a, uh, I think that was the only other deep route that I saw. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, realistically, you watch the tape, go back and look, Max Protector not, he didn't have time. I mean, hell. It, like, There's a lot of people in his face, yeah. The time they tried to, you know, and, and I give Jesse credit, right? The, the times that you tried to, you know, go deep and take the top off the defense, you know, you ran boot, you faked outside zone, and you came back around. Well, guess what? That backside end was Miles Garrett. He wasn't going for the fake. <laughs> he was right there, and Justin had to, you know, step up in the pocket and get rid of that ball. And, yeah. that, and a lot of times they had two guys on uh, Miles Garrett off yeah. that boot play action. They had Kyrie blasting game back there. Uh, helping out with uh, Braxton Jones over there. They had uh, Cole Komet and Braxton Jones. I mean, some some plays, you even see three guys doubling Bra- uh, Miles Garrett. He's <laughs> trying everything. You know, you still – well, yeah, and, and somebody else is getting pressure. If they're doubling yeah. Miles or three, somebody else is getting pressure. So, Justin, you know, he didn't have time. He didn't have time to go downfield. And a lot of times you see him getting hit and trying to take the check down or getting the ball out, you know, take yeah. the check down. So, it is what it is, man. I mean, just – Flat out, I mean, just I mean, you got to call a spade a spade. We got our ass kicked on offense. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. It was it was a bad Period. offensive day all around. I thought the execution was poor. I thought the, I mean, listen, I I, I love Moon Man, right? I I would love to see him be a part of this team long term, but it just, I think that may be one of his worst games that we've seen him have. Um, I thought there were a couple passes just to put right on him. He just didn't bring him in. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get the. I'm I'm very there's some people that are like, you gotta catch that no matter what on the Hail Mary passes. Like shouldn't have been in that situation, man. You shouldn't have been in that situation, but let's be real. Everybody's like, oh, it's a split second reaction play. These are NFL wide receivers. They have the best reaction time of probably anybody in the in the world. Yeah. With the ball hitting them. Like, I feel like that wasn't a split second reaction play. That one hit you in the stomach. You you gotta, I mean, come on now. A little bit, I don't know. Uh <laughs> yes, yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, that's just it just sums up the season, man. Almost doesn't count. That's our season. I mean, the game of inches, man. And 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 we were we were just <laughs> somebody gonna clip this up. We were a couple inches short. Shut up, y'all. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Show love. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Uh let's uh, <laughs> Let's keep this thing moving along, J-Mac. Appreciate you guys. Um, we do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino, Northern Indiana. Enjoy free live music every Friday and Saturday night at the Hard Rock Cafe stage.
Now, after the game, we heard a ton of comments, right? We heard comments about play calling. We heard comments about um, the quarterback. Every, and I believe it was a Cleveland uh, reporter that asked DJ Moore about the quarterback position. He kind of just like laughed and was like, where are y'all getting this information that like the quarterback is just as not our quarterback? I, is this something y'all just making up? Are y'all just creating the narrative off of this? Jalen Johnson kind of echoed those sentiments yesterday on his show over on uh, 670 to score, right? Like they, there's so many... Darnell Mooney also echoed those sentiments. And I think the question that I have about all of this now is it's still a business. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Poles may still move on from Justin Fields. He may say, I haven't seen enough. He's inconsistent. Doesn't win in these situations. All the things that the, the, the Justin Fields detractors have said, maybe Ryan Poles feels exactly that way. And he thinks that that's the logical side of the argument. Would that, create a rift in this locker room because this doesn't just feel like guys like we've seen it when guys are like, that's my quarterback, man. It is what it is. Right. Like, like yeah. a little bit with you know, B Marsh did that a little bit. Right. Like he was like, Oh, Jay's my guy. I, I, I could never hate Jay. And then like, we'd see him and we'd be like, I've been like, Oh, that's a little bit different dynamic. Yeah. You know I mean, but right. This feels like genuine. Like, why are y'all trying to put this in our locker room? We don't believe this. Would this like kind of tear this locker room apart if they did move on from Justin Fields? Would this cause a rift in this locker room? Yeah, it could. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, will still be in that locker room next year. DJ Moore being one of them. He's yeah. going to be in that locker room next year, regardless of who's under center at quarterback uh, for the Bears. So it could because <clears throat> those guys have, you know, built a bond. Uh, a lot of those guys in that locker room have built a bond with Justin Fields, not as, not just as a player or quarterback, but as a person. So, yeah, it's going to hurt if he does move on and your guy's not there and they bring in another quarterback. Like, there's going to be a little resentment because, like, hey, you got rid of my guy. You got rid of my boy. You know what I'm saying? And you guys are saying he can't do the job and we feel like he can and, and you got rid of my guy. So there could be some resentment. Uh, I went through a situation kind of like this, different position, uh, when 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 we drafted Cedric Benson, when he had Thomas Jones in our locker room, and Thomas was coming off a 1,300-yard season. Uh, I think yeah. Seti B was drafted the fourth overall pick in the first round, and a lot of people uh, was like, why did we draft a running back? You know, we had Thomas Jones, not just Thomas Jones. We had Adrian <laughs> Peterson. That was, that was me. That was me. <laughs> I was like, why did we draft a running back just you now? Know it was like we had Adrian Peterson. We had uh, – Thomas Jones and, 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 you know, some guys were like, hey, we needed something else. We could have used that pick for something else. You know what I mean? So when when Cedric came in, it was it was a little rift there. And also because, you know, when Cedric got drafted, I think there was an interview and it said, hey, like they were asking Cedric, you know, I think how he felt about, you know, being drafted to the And he was like, well, I'm coming in to be the starter. You know what I'm saying? And And, and I don't think Ced was saying it as a – it, it, I mean, it's, I think he's just saying it because he's a competitive guy. You know what I mean? You never, yeah. as a running back, you don't you don't sit there and say, I, I want to be the best number two <laughs> in the league. No, you want to yeah, be the yeah. That's with any position in this league. So I think said said it more in terms of that, not trying to take a shot at Thomas Jones. He was saying, hey, I got drafted to, to come here and make a difference. I want to be, I want to be the guy. And we already had a guy, you know what I yeah. mean? So I think a lot of guys took that as a negative. So, when Sed came in, it, it was a little rift there. You know, it was a little rift between between Thomas and Cedric. You know what I'm saying? Like that relationship at first wasn't really there. You know what I mean? It was 
they didn't really speak and you know it was competitive which was good because i think at the end of the day they complemented each other really well they pushed each other really well but it was weird you know especially for me being the fullback it was like you know i, I was close I, I was close with all the running backs you, know you just in the middle just i mean i'm in i'm in the middle man i'm trying to you know uh not necessarily keep the peace, but keep the harmony in, in our room. And we had a tight, tight, tight-knit running back room. You know, our, our running back coach uh, did a good job of that. And it was just weird when you you, know, you had a guy like Cedric come in. You had a guy that had a great year with Thomas. You know, like I said, there was some resentment for some of the guys. There was some resentment for some of the guys on the defense as well. You know, yeah. they, were like, they were pissed because, you know, they had a bond with Thomas. They see what Thomas did on a daily basis, how hard he worked, how hard he studied, how hard he played. You know yeah. what I mean? He was – a heart, uh, you know, one of the heartbeats of our offense. So it was a rift there. So I can see that, you know, if the Bears do bring it in on the quarterback and Justin is gone, you know, I can see it could uh, tear down the locker room a little bit, but it's still a little different because it's not like Caleb Williams and Justin Fields will be in that locker room together. So it's a different dynamic there. Yeah. It, that's so crazy too. Like I, I never even thought about like a rift coming in that sense. Yeah. But yeah, like I remember when they drafted Seti B, like rest in power. Mm-hmm. I I was confused because it was like that was almost the beginning of teams going, we're gonna replace a running back too early versus too late. Yeah. Like that wasn't really because Cedric got drafted what that would have been 2005. Yep. That wasn't really done back then, right? Like you had your bell cow guy no matter what. And you ran with that guy till the wheels fell off. Yeah. And yeah. it was it, it felt like that was almost the beginning, especially with T. Jones and everything's like that, of like, yeah, we're not gonna pay you in a few years. So prepare for that. Yeah. And this is your replacement. Yeah. Prepare weird. for that. So that's such a weird, that's that's a weird rift, man. That's a weird and and I think that's a bad situation to create in your locker room. And I don't know if that is the case here. With the Bears, like you said, because Justin and whoever would come in probably wouldn't be on the team at the same time. But I do think that there are still some guys who, I guess here's the tough part, right? How much value do you put on a guy just being the leader of your team on a team that has had not enough success this year? Right. Like, I think that yeah. there are probably a million great leaders that have walked into NFL locker rooms. There's probably only hundreds of them that have worked out to be guys that have led teams to championships. How do you weigh that as the GM? That's probably Ryan Poles' biggest thing now because I do think Justin Fields is a really good leader. 100%. I think that he's got all the talent to be a really, really good quarterback if put in the right situation. But how much, yeah, I mean, like how much weight do you put on a guy being the leader of this locker room versus the next leader coming in? Yeah, and I think when you look at, like, you know, we talked about Darnell, you talked about uh, DJ Moore. Jalen Johnson yeah. also had great comments about Justin. Yeah. And one of the things, like you're talking about in terms of leadership, he said that, uh, you know, Justin is one of the guys that's going to put all the blame on himself. And I've said this <clears throat> the whole season. I, I even, I, I, I said it a few weeks back that, you know, Justin, the leadership qualities that he has in terms of, you know, it's on me. I've got to do this better. You know, I have to do this. I got to make that throw better or whatever. It's even if it was a perfect throw, right, and the receiver dropped the ball, Justin's going to say it's his fault. And that's a leadership trait. That's a leadership characteristic that can't be coached, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when the two fumble game in Detroit where he fumbled the ball, right? Um, he's like, yeah, I've I've got to hold on to the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's he's going to take ownership of his mistakes, but he's also going to take ownership of other people's mistakes and put it on himself. Even after this game, when I interviewed him, he said offense didn't play. He's offensively, um, you know, we didn't play really well. And he said, I have to play better. That was it. The next statement after that first statement, talking about the offense as a whole. And, you know, that's the thing. You don't have – there's not a lot of guys like that in this league that's going to take the blame. Like, I'm pretty sure – I'm surprised Justin didn't say, hey, I should do that Hail Mary better. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and, and that's what guys respect, right? That's what guys want in the leader. They want guys that can sit up at that podium, right, when they're getting all the praise and things is going good, right? They can sit up there and be a man. But if you get the real testament of a man is, can you sit up at that podium when you've thrown two picks, when you've had two fumbles, yeah. when you've made bad throws, when you're holding the ball too long, when you're taking sacks? Can you sit up at that podium like the same man that you sat up at that podium before when things were going well and take the criticism and take the blame, not just for yourself, but for your teammates as well? That's a true leader. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. I, this is going to be a, such an interesting offseason for the Bears, right? I mean, at this point, mathematically, I guess the Bears are still in it if they went out, but so much has to happen yeah. for the Bears to find a way to win out, like like to make the playoffs, I should say. Uh, and even if you do make the playoffs, you make the playoffs at eight and nine, right? It's kind of like, it's like, all right, we made it. Like we we snuck in here. Like, I guess I guess in your second Gotta season off a three one season, we Gotta in, we in. Gotta get in. I don't care. We get in, we get in. Hey, listen, I, I said I broke it down on uh, over on the breeze before uh, before we end up losing this game. I was like, listen, Eli went on a Super Bowl run, and that team did not look good until yeah. the very end of the year. And it was really that defense, and all of a sudden they was in the super. A chip in the chair sometimes is all you need, but uh, that's it. I don't foresee that happening here at this moment. But hey, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe uh, the football gods are looking down upon us, and they say, you know what? It's been enough. You've had enough. <laughs> hey, man, let me ask you this, J Mac, before we get up out of here, man. Um, holiday game memories. The Bears have two holiday games coming up. Did you play in any holiday games? Were there uh, a, a ton of uh, – are those games harder, I guess I would say, because you're like, hey, man, I got some uh, – I got a ham at home real quick. Like, what, what's your what's your favorite holiday game memory? I'm going to pull it up because I, I had to look that up, right? And I was like, dang, did I play in a holiday game? And I did. So probably more than one, but this is the one that, that, I, uh, that I pulled up. So it was – we played the Packers up in Lambeau. It was 2005, and this was uh, – this was for the – they were bad. We were, we were pretty good that year. And uh, we won the I NFC North. We, we were the NFC North, you know, on their field. Uh, we won that game 24-17 to 17 up there at Lambeau on Christmas Day. Christmas night, because I think it was a night game. Uh, so, like that, I recall that game, you know, was awesome. And, and talk about the preparation of that game. It wasn't hard getting ready for that game because we had meaning. There was a purpose. Like, we were trying to capture a goal. We were trying to yeah. win the NFC North. And this was the first time uh, during Lovey's tenure that it had been done. That it had been done. I'm not sure how many years that went past uh, since the Bears had accomplished that goal, but I'm pretty sure it was a while. Uh, you know, so we were able to do that on their field, which made it even sweeter. So you're not going to recall that week of preparation. It wasn't hard to get ready for because we're playing the Packers and we're playing for something. So you know, that Christmas uh, ham or turkey or whatever had to wait. 
because the biggest present we got on rap was that NFC North Championship. And I can just recall after that game, uh, there's probably video of it too. I have to find it. But, uh, you know, everybody in the locker room were playing music and we're getting the hats and the T-shirt, you know, yeah. something that you've seen guys doing the locker room since you were a kid. And now you're actually living that moment and guys are dancing and stuff like that. You got your hat on. And that was the biggest gift we could have. And uh, it was just awesome, man. It was good stuff. Hey man, that that is that's that's funny to think about. Like that's probably the best case scenario for a holiday game, right? Like if you if you're going up against right, like you know Falcons on on Christmas Day, right? It's like all right, we playing the Falcons. You know what I mean, like we down in Atlanta, or if it's here, right? That's gotta suck just for. I think even with that, right? Like Green Bay is close enough where you can still get back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's gotta suck if you're nowhere near home. And then you got to spend, I guess you're spending it with your teammates. So there's still that, but like, you know, you want to be with your family on days like that. So hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a part of the job, man. It, but it was, that, that's a, that's the best case scenario. Like you said, beating the Packers, unwrapping a win, getting the NFC yeah. North championship, big party. Did they, do they bring uh food there when you win? And as a, did y'all eat there? Yeah, we get food after the game. So it's like, uh, you know, it's catered in. So, well, I got the locker room. They got the food set up, and you get yeah, on the yeah. bus, and you get on the plane. The plane's got—I mean, man, the plane. Like the whole cargo is probably food. I mean, like <laughs> the, I mean, it's it's everything you want: candy, cookies, ice cream. You know, a meal. It's it's a good time. You can gain 15, 15 pounds. See, listen, I gotta I gotta talk to Danny about uh, traveling with the team next year, bro. <laughs> because uh, yeah, I didn't know this was happening on the plane. But see, I'll be that guy though. That'll be the worst part. Like, I'll be that guy. Just be like, oh, excuse me, uh, Justin. I see you looking through some tape. Let me grab a leg right there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, travel bags was filled with candy, man. They bring in baskets of candy. You want some candy? Yeah. <laughs> Take the whole basket and dump it in my bag. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> boy, y'all was cramping up, boy. I was eating candy canes and, and after sugar the game, cookies. Man. After the game, man. After the game, you got to <laughs> eat what you want. You burned all them calories, man. Hey man, I love it. I love it. Well, let's hope that the Bears can go out here. They got the Christmas Day or Christmas Eve game this year. Hopefully, able to go out there and get a dub. I mean, last three weeks of the season, J Mac, what are you looking to see from this Bears team um, as far as win loss total? Right? Like, are you still all in on winning? Are you? Uh, I know looking at it from the player perspective, you're probably all in on winning, but there is an advantage, I guess, to preserving draft capital if you do fall yeah. short in some of these games. Where are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, I, just from a player standpoint, I, I, that's the only way I can look at it. Like, there's guys whose jobs are on the line, you know, to be on this team next year, to be on another roster next year. Yeah. Um, you know, guys who, like Justin Fields, let's start with him first and foremost. Like, he's playing to, to – he he's playing to, like I said, either be here or be somewhere else, right? Justin Jones, same thing. A lot of guys on his roster are playing to make sure they have good tape, to make sure they have another opportunity elsewhere or here with Chicago Bears. And hey, Justin Jones in coverage, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother problem. But, but like, and the young guys too, man. The young guys, like, this is more this is opportunities, like, for you guys to, to, to go out there and continue getting better. Yeah. You know, this is an opportunity for Terrell Smith, Tariq Stevenson, you know, Roshan Johnson, continue yeah. getting live game reps that's valuable. You know, the biggest jump in the league is from your first year to the second year because, right, the speed of the game, you start understanding the speed of the game. You start understanding the rigors of an NFL season compared to a college season. I was going to say, 
you understand the playbook more, this, you know, the playbook more, but I don't know what the playbook's going to be. So I can't say that, but you, you know, you get what I'm saying in terms of yeah. the game, the speed of the game, the feel of the game, uh, you know, the traveling, the amount of punishment your body's going to take. It's, it's twice as much as you're going to take on a collegiate level. So you start getting used to that. So this is an opportunity for those guys to continue to get invaluable reps and to, uh, to continue, you know, pushing away to be good pros. And, you know, so you've got to look at every game from here on out, whether it's a playoff game or not, or not. the young guys especially, and those guys I talked about who, who, who could be possibly free agents, they've got to approach every game like it's a playoff game. Because yeah. you never know when your last game is going to be. You never know where your next opportunity is going to be. But the one thing that remains constant, if you don't have good tape out there, you ain't going to have no opportunity. So you got to keep putting your you know good tape out there, putting on good performances so that way you can stay employed in the NFL. What how many guys think like that? Like, I, I feel like we're very in a very in the moment society. So, like, maybe you're not thinking like long term in, in the perspective of, oh, it's not going well here. I may not be here next year. Um, but I guess, right, if you if you feel the writing on the wall, you start you start playing a little harder, maybe or playing a little less. I don't know. Uh, but hey, man, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit the like button, subscribe to the page, leave a five star review. Y'all already know what to do, man. For J Mac, I'm Pat the Designer, back at it again. Let's hope these Bears team go out there and uh, they take J Mac's ideals with them because uh, I'd like to see some wins before this season is over. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear done. One love. Right Peace.